If you have your Bible with you, turn to John chapter 16. We will be there in a few moments, John chapter 16. For the last couple of Sunday evenings, we've been considering what the Bible teaches about the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. Is the work of the Holy Spirit necessary? Absolutely the work of the Holy Spirit is necessary. You need help. I'm just telling you, you need help. <laughs> you're gonna, and you're telling me, you're going to tell me I need help, right? We need the help of the Lord, and we can thank God that we have it through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. The Bible helps us understand that we have the Holy Spirit. The Bible also helps us understand that we need the Holy Spirit. And just as Pastor Hayes reminded us a few moments ago, how important it is that we be mindful that we have God with us, in us, and He is always there. Believers in Jesus must depend on the Holy Spirit. We also must be mindful that we ought not quench the Holy Spirit. If we truly want to change in ways that honor God, if we truly want to experience the help of the Holy Spirit that is a blessing to us, an encouragement to us, and brings us joy. We need to be mindful of the fact that we have the Holy Spirit living in us. Everyone who trusts in Jesus as Lord and Savior has the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And of this uh, fellow long, uh, long dead and gone and with the Lord, A.W. Pink writes this, theologian, when, he gave, uh, when we give up ourselves to the Lord... That is, uh, when we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, when we give up ourselves to the Lord, he accepts the dedication by making our bodies the temple of the Holy Spirit, there to maintain his interests against all the opposition of the devil. That's That's an important reminder The Holy Spirit takes up residence in us to accomplish His good purposes in and through us against all the devil's resistance. And that is good news, isn't it? Because you cannot cannot defeat the devil in and of yourself. You need God to do that. You need His strength and His wisdom for that. And if you're a believer in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit in you to help you withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm as we hear from Ephesians 6 and verse 13. So two weeks ago we started with this truth which the Bible makes very clear. If you've trusted in Jesus, your body is his temple. And I emphasize that word temple and the reason it was used is important. Not simply a dwelling place or a house or a home. Your body is his temple. Your body is his temple, says 1 Corinthians 6.19, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. That's one of the reasons Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10.31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all, everything to the glory of God. Glorify God with your body. But it means more than simply just your body. It means your life. (laughs) Glorify God with your life. 
A believer's body is the temple of the living God. So you are to honor God with your whole life, with your body, your mind, your actions, your thoughts. You are to honor God with your obedience is another way of putting it. Read God's word and seek to obey it and you will honor God with your body. Then last week we noted that the believer is sealed by the Holy Spirit. The believer is sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. We heard this in Ephesians 1.13. In Him, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit seals you in Christ. And two important truths we noted last time that come as a result of being sealed by the Holy Spirit are that, first of all, the seal of the Holy Spirit means you belong to Jesus. You're His. Again, you're not your own. You're the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4.30 points to this when it says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You know what this means? If you're the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not the devil's. He ultimately has no power over you. Jesus has you. You're His. That's wonderfully good news. The second truth, the Holy Spirit is the down payment on a promise. We heard it in that verse I just read, Ephesians 4.30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You look forward to your day when you enter into you're already you're already in eternity but you know the day you enter into your eternal presence with the lord jesus christ everything that has been promised through the lord jesus christ is yours you are sealed by the holy spirit and the holy spirit is a down payment on a promise verse 14 uh, again ephesians 1 points to this who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. Hey, there's a reminder about why it's important that we praise God for all the things that He is doing in our lives. We got to praise God that we have an inheritance that is kept by God in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the sign of that is the seal of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. You're His, and the Holy Spirit is a down payment on an eternal promise. Now, let's move to the next work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. It's this. The Holy Spirit guides the believer using the Bible. The Holy Spirit guides the believer using the Word. This is really important. And I, I know, I know, you know I, um, I hammer this nail a lot, right? I'm a, I'm a guy with a hammer looking for a nail. The, the nail I hammer a lot is, read your Bible. You need to read your word. And I know you hear me saying that this is important, but please don't underestimate the importance of the Holy Spirit guiding the believer with your Bible, with the word. This is so important to understand because if you don't, if you don't understand this, you could be tempted to think that you should be and, and sometimes you hear this language, you should be getting a sign from God. 
And sometimes we kind of say that jokingly, and we kind of probably need to be careful about who we say that to. <laughs> you want to say that to somebody who's really spiritually grounded, and they know you're joking, that I got a sign from God, uh, because, because God speaks to us, indeed, he chooses to speak to us from the pages of our Bibles. So you might be tempted to think you should be getting a sign or, or sometimes uh, you might hear somebody say, I got a vision in the night from God. And, and you think, well, you know, God wants me to do this because I got a sign from God. That is not how the Bible describes the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. The Bible does not describe the work of the Holy Spirit that way in your life. Now, I'm not suggesting that we won't have a strong sense, and I want to be really careful here with this because um, we can go in the wrong direction here, but I'm not going to suggest that we won't have a strong sense or a feeling about something because you do have this. You have a conscience. That is a gift from God, but you know what? God wants you to get that conscience formed by the Word. Because you can have a, 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 a misformed or out-of-shape conscience that doesn't convict you of sin, you can, that allows you to do anything you want because you're ignoring the Bible. The point I want to make is that our sense of whether we should or shouldn't do something, our, our feelings of whether or not something is right or wrong, and that goes back to the conscience, must be formed by the truth. So we need to be shaping our thinking, our minds, our conscience with the truth of God's word. That's why I keep telling you, read your Bible and read it every day and submit to God's word. Realize that you're reading something that is far more powerful than anything else you read. Any other publication or book or web page or anything like that. God's word is what you need. It's with the truth of the word that the Holy Spirit dwells in you as a believer in Jesus and leads you and guides you and encourages you and even corrects your thinking. Because sometimes we don't think right about things. Remember the sermon from a few weeks ago about think right? <laughs> we don't always think right. And so when we're not thinking right, if we're grounded in the truths of Scripture, the Holy Spirit will take the word and go, hey, wait, Kevin, that's not right. The Bible says... We need the Word to lead and guide, yes, and courage, comfort. God's Word is so good at comforting us when we're grieving, when there's sorrow, when there's hardship. But God's Word also guards us and protects us and corrects us when we need correction. So I sent you to John 16. Look at verse 13. John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. What I want you to notice here is the title given for the Holy Spirit. You see it? The Spirit of Truth. The Spirit of Truth, back a couple of chapters, John 14 and verse 26, if you want to look at it, John 14 and verse 26, Jesus told his disciples this, but the Helper, 
the helper. Another title for the Holy Spirit. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So what we're hearing from these two passages is that the Spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit who dwells in you if you're a believer in Jesus. The Spirit of truth guides believers into all the truth and that the Holy Spirit is a helper and a teacher of the truth. In fact, it's as a teacher that the Holy Spirit's working and exercising his main role in the believer's life. John 14, 26 says that the Spirit teaches all things. This is so incredible when you think about this. Unbelievers, there are, you, you may know unbelievers, and I know unbelievers, who have actually read the Bible. Have they read the truth? Has the truth changed them? Not if they're still unbelievers. Um, Many years ago, Carolyn and I worked for a ministry that counseled people. We didn't do the counseling. We were so young. Uh, I had been in law enforcement, and they wanted, and, and they needed a Christian couple to come and be house parents. So I was like security, and Carolyn cooked meals and did laundry and stuff. And so we were kind of like house parents for people who were coming out of cults. So they were kind of deprogramming these people, bringing them, helping them get out of a cult and help counsel them with the Bible. We met many people who knew a lot about the Bible, even people that were really super smart, smarter than me. I would look at people and go, wow, they're really intelligent. But yet, they didn't believe in, they would even talk about churches as saying they're really weak in their, you were talking about this the other day. I don't remember what church it was, but um, somebody we, we met in that ministry that came through those doors was super bright, super intelligent, actually knew the Bible because talking about a church said they're very liberal, but wasn't a believer. You can read the Bible and have it not change you. The Holy Spirit takes the word in the life of the believer when the believer reads the word and submits to it and actually does in the life of the believer what the believer cannot do in and of himself. And that's a miracle. That's wonderful. So, teacher is a title here for the Holy Spirit, and it's teacher in which the Holy Spirit exercises his main role in the believer's life, teaches us, teaches us with the truth. Not a, now, he, hear me on this. I'm not suggesting that the Holy Spirit teaches us apart from the truth, without the truth. Like, he's going to reveal things to you that you had never seen in the Word. No, you need the Word, because the Holy Spirit's going to use the Word to teach you. Now, is this God giving us some sort of higher wisdom, like we're just supposed to uh, read the Bible, trust God, God's going to give me some kind of higher wisdom that's outside myself or apart from myself, and I'm just supposed to let go and let God, as we've heard some people say sometimes. That, that's not what this is talking about. The Holy Spirit does help us 
understand the word. And many of you who have been believers for a long time and who have been in the word for a long time, often you come across something that you've read maybe hundreds of times and you realize the Holy Spirit just taught you something that you had never thought of before. That's what we're talking about. The Holy Spirit teaches with the Word. The Holy Spirit helps us understand the truth of the Word when it says, um, 2 Peter 1.3, listen to this, 2 Peter 1.3, His divine power has granted, granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. Through the knowledge of Him. As you, know, as you come to know God more fully through the pages of His Word, God faithfully works in you to help you understand and apply the truth of the Word more and more to your daily living. So what you hear me saying here is that God, when you come to faith in God, he, God doesn't back up the dump, tr- dump truck of knowledge and just dump it into your life. The dump truck of wisdom, you don't. As a pastor, sometimes I wish he would. Because you want people to be like 100% mature, like today. Right, right, Pastor Hayes. Have you ever, have you ever been there where you want a pastor? When you, when you just wish people would get more mature, right? But I have to go back in my own life and think about how patient God has been and still is with me and my immaturity to give me patience in that regard. God doesn't do that. He doesn't just back up the dump truck of biblical wisdom and go, boom, you've got 100%. But... But even as a new believer who's just starting to read the Bible, that new believer can find powerful truths that speak to their hearts immediately. And, there's a, and there are things immediately that they can start obeying. And as they do that, as they submit themselves to God's word, God reveals more and more understanding of the, of the truths of his word. And that's what we ought to be all about. We ought to want that. We ought to want God to show us more deeply and more fully who he is and what he expects of us. But we need to know he will not do it apart from his word. Separate. He's not going to reveal something to you separate from his word. So when we humble ourselves before the word of God and read the Bible, and this should include our yielding to the sound preaching of the Bible, the Holy Spirit guides us, helps us, helps us apply the truth of the word to our everyday lives. That's why if you want to grow in Christ's likeness and if you want to know what God wants you to do and how he wants you to live, then you've got to be a believer who gets the word in and makes the word your own and pour it into your heart and mind. You've got to read the Bible and not just to be familiar with it, not just to win Bible quizzes or um, you know, not to just be the most knowledgeable Bible person on earth, but to be the person who submits to God's word and practices the truth that the Holy Spirit is convicting you with and teaching you with. So here's a key to not quenching the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's a word we don't use very often and we probably don't like to, to apply to ourselves, but uh, it's the word humility. It, that's a spiritual discipline that we need to practice. If you want to avoid quenching the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, you need to grow in humility. Approaching the Bible with humility is a necessity. I might say, say it this way also. Being teachable. Always being teachable. 
Um, I heard of, and I cannot remember who said it, but um, another uh, saint who's long gone and with the Lord, um, theologian, who said, and it stuck with me when I heard it and I wrote it down, said that a mature believer should be easily edified. A mature believer should be easily edified. In other words, you should be you should always be teachable. No matter how spiritually mature that you are, how, how long you've been on the, the trail of spiritual maturity, you ought to be easily taught. And you ought to be easily corrected if you need to be corrected. And you ought to be easily encouraged by the word being preached or when you read the word for yourself. Easily edified. Easily encouraged and strengthened and growing. The Holy Spirit does not speak to us in audible words. There was a day when God did speak in audible words. God could still speak in audible words, but what we find is that that begins to go away as you read the New Testament, that, that begins to stop and cease, and we don't, we don't experience that anymore. But what He has done is given us our Bibles. He has given us His Word, and He speaks to us clearly there. Could the Spirit move in your heart or move in your conscience or impress on you that you should do something or take some particular action? Certainly He could, but unless you're being fed by the Word, you have no way of knowing that's actually the Holy Spirit (laughs) moving you to do something or or say something. How How do you know you have the Spirit's guidance when you have it? Well, you have to discern between your own thoughts and your own selfish inclinations and the Spirit's leading, and you best do that when you're knowledgeable of the Word of God and how God instructs and how God teaches and submissive to Him and easily teachable. The most important way to recognize the Holy Spirit's guidance is to know the Bible, to know God's Word. The Bible is the one source of wisdom for how you should live. And I know you're likely familiar with 2 Timothy 3.16, but it's an important passage here. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So the best way to get the Word into you so that you'll be taught and trained and counseled by the Holy Spirit is to read, read your Bible every day. Read your Bible every day. Search the Scriptures. Meditate on the Word. Commit key passages to memory. This is something that I think is uh, something we often overlook. And I, uh, I'll admit I struggle with memorizing things, but over the years... I have kept a list of verses I want to memorize and I've tried to pick them off one at a time and I'm not the greatest at it. But I find, and I know this is true for many others who do things like this, I find that God brings back the truth to my mind. God is good to remind me of the truth when I need it. I would encourage you, here's a tip for memorizing scripture, start making a memorization list. Often I I get verses uh, from sermons that I hear. When I hear a sermon and um, something stands out to me and and I'm convicted by what I hear, I think, ooh, I need that. Um, I would encourage you to think that way. When you hear something that convicts you or challenges your thinking or your spiritual growth, you think, oh, that could apply to my spiritual growth. Note that passage and begin memorizing that. 
add it to your memorization list. And here's something you can do. If you struggle with memorization, maybe you're really good at memorizing, maybe not. But if you struggle with it, just take one verse and recite that verse to yourself several times a day. Write it on something. If, if uh, you know, use, use your creativity to get that verse in your day frequently throughout the day. And try to say it eventually without looking at it. Say the reference so you'll know where to find it when you think of those words of truth. Hide God's word in your heart by memorizing it. I think God will honor your efforts and help you memorize. He will bless your efforts and help you hide his word in your heart. Keep adding verses to your memorization list. Once you've got one down, add another one. Memorize that one. As you recite that one, go back and recite the other one that you've already got in memory so you won't forget them and keep adding the passages of Scripture that God is using to convict you and teach you and encourage you and help you. Those are the ones that are going to be most helpful to you as God shows them to you. Maybe it's from your Bible reading and you come across a passage and you think, oh, I need that. Write it down on your memorization list. Read God's Word. Hide God's Word in your heart by reading it. And even if you have trouble memorizing passages of Scripture, I believe that God will bless you with with recall of the word, if you'll simply keep, just keep reading it. And I don't mean just read it through this year. I mean read it for the rest of your life. Because as you consistently get God's word in, you will be amazed at how often you think of passages you've read many, many times before that God will be faithful to bring back to your thinking when you need it most. Why do this? You do this because the word is the sword of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit uses the Word in your life to help you grow, but also to protect you. Think of that sword of the Spirit. Ephesians 6.17 says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You need the Word of God. God's going to use the Word of God in your life and through your life to help you, to correct you, but also to encourage others and help them toward Christ, to point them to your Savior. Yes, if you will be diligent to get the Word of God into your heart and into your mind, God will not ignore that faithfulness of yours. If you'll be faithful to get the Word in, the Holy Spirit will bless you and use His Word to speak into your life the wisdom that you need for daily living, the wisdom that you need to glorify Him with your daily life. Here's what uh, John 16 says. Uh, We read verse 13 earlier, John 16. I want to read verse 13 again, but include verses 12 and 14. So John 16, beginning at verse 12, God will use his word to reveal his will for you. Here's what it says. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak of his own authority. On his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that that are to come. Verse 14 He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Lord Jesus Christ is talking about the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer who is getting God's word into them, with the Holy Spirit coming along and declaring the truth into your life. So be intentional about getting the Word of God into your heart and into your mind. 
If you're humble before the Bible, if you're teachable before God's Word, and if you're intentional with the Bible, I'm confident that the Holy Spirit will bring specific scriptures that you've read and hidden in your heart to encourage you, to even comfort you, or even correct your thinking. I can't tell you how many times I've experienced this myself, as, and I know countless believers experience the same thing when they get the Word of God in. And that's what we heard a moment ago from John 14 and verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So a knowledge of the Bible will help you discern whether or not your desires are from the Holy Spirit or not. You need desires that are shaped by the Holy Spirit, shaped by the truth of God's Word. But if there's any doubt, you want the Word to correct you when your desires are not shaped by the Holy Spirit. And you can test your desires against what the Scriptures tell you because the Holy Spirit will never prompt you to do something that is in opposition to His Word. The Holy Spirit will be for you like one of those one of those lighted stop signs. I don't know that I've ever seen the lighted stop signs in Michigan, but around here I see the blinking stop signs. There's a few. Those must be really bad intersections. The Holy Spirit can be like those blinking, like it's not just, you know, hey, a, just a normal stop sign will not do. This needs red lights that blink so you don't drive through it. The Holy Spirit will be like that for you if you know God's Word. And it will not be to your advantage if you blow through that stop sign of the Holy Spirit saying, do not go there, do not do that, do not think that. That is not in accordance with the Scripture's teaching. If you want, uh, if uh, what you want is in conflict with the Bible, then it's certainly not the Holy Spirit prompting you to do it. Uh, maybe you know people who have said that, or maybe you've been guilty of saying that yourself, that you had... You've said, or maybe somebody you know has said, I know God wants me to be happy, so I'm going to do this. Um, for, for one thing, the Bible doesn't teach you that God wants you to be happy. <laughs> and and if, if the thing you say is going to make you happy opposes God's word, because that's usually what comes after, I know God wants me to be happy, so I'm going to do this. I know he's going to be okay with it because he wants me to be happy. The this tends to be in opposition to the word. It's really clear it should be really clear to you that that is not what God wants you to do. Hide God's word in your heart. Why? So that you will not sin against him. The Holy Spirit will be for you like one of those lighted stop signs saying, Stop! Do not go through me. It's also important to be in constant attitude of humble prayer. I've talked about humility and it's so important as you read the Word to come to God in prayer, as you read the Word, asking God for His help. Telling Him about your willingness to submit to whatever you find that convicts you of whatever you need to change in your life to honor Him. In your praying with humility, you're bringing all the things that you're thinking about and dealing with to the Lord so that it's all submitted to Him to be dealt with in the way that He chooses to deal with it. And if that means you need to change direction because that's going to be obedient to God's Word, you need to be willing to do that. And so coming to God in submissive prayer as you read the Word is incredibly helpful. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. 
Pray without ceasing. You, you come to the Word, it's a prime time to pray and ask for God's help as, as He wants to take His Word and apply it to you. And you ought to want Him to do that. Come submissively. Pray over the Word. Pray throughout your day, asking for God to guide you with His Word and by His Spirit. So the Holy Spirit teaches and guides the believer with His Word. The Holy Spirit convicts you of sin. The Holy Spirit encourages you. The Holy Spirit will teach you to recognize truth and help you obey it. And the Holy Spirit will help you understand your Bible and apply it to your everyday living. The Holy Spirit is in you to guide you with the truth. And we ought to be able to say as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, thank you, Lord, for your word. And thank you for your Holy Spirit. Help me with them both. (laughs)